I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, and you're listening to Between Two White Coats, a weekly podcast where we dig into key issues surrounding health and wellness. I'm a family medicine doctor, and my co-host, Amber Foster, is a family medicine nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We are taking some of our biggest questions, obstacles, and patient-centered advice and wrapping it into a 20-minute weekly podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have found this podcast helpful, give us a five-star rating and review. This helps other people find our podcast. And make sure you share it with your friends. Thank you for your time. We look forward to serving you. We really enjoyed talking to Becky Bruner and hearing her story on uh, how she's changed her life by making some amazing um, yet simple changes. Please join us in our next four episodes as we elaborate on some of the most important areas where you get choices on your health. We're going to discuss the importance of sleep, the importance of activity, what you should be eating, and last, how do we manage our stress? We want to start out talking about sleep. Uh, This episode is going to encompass really the importance of sleep, why this matters, what it does medically, uh, and what happens when you're not having good sleep or how do you maybe fix these things. Um, The two of us really cherish sleep. (laughs) We love sleep. We don't let things get in the way of our sleep. Mm -mm. And I don't know if this is true of everyone. I kind of, you know how you apply the rules that apply to you to everyone. So I could be off, but I am a different person when my sleep is disrupted. Yes. Well, sometimes my husband will say, just, just go lay down. Just go to sleep. It'll make you happier. Yes. (laughs) So true. I will will never say no to a nap. And yeah, so we, we are some people who cherish sleep. Sleep. Yes. And I don't have, um, one of the things like my husband has an issue with sleep. So I think sometimes like if you sleep well, like I don't, I now being married to someone who, you know, has difficulty sleeping, see how important sleep truly is. But like my head hits a pillow, homegirl, I'm out. Like I am done. So, um, and if someone interrupts me a couple of times, I'm a different person. Yeah. Day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've gone through episodes, whether it was residency where they don't let you sleep for two days yeah. straight, uh, or if it, it was my child who did not love sleep like I did. Um, and, and it really, it has an impact. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the importance of sleep. You know, I think in our country, we do a terrible disservice of downplaying sleep, almost making it as if you are a lazy person if you love sleep or, or if even you cherish if sleep. sleep is optional. I mean, even personally, like when we're getting ready to go on vacation, like, you know, I may come to work all day and then pick up the kids from practice. And then, you know, I've still got to put together packing because if I let my kids pack, they would just bring like silly things, you know, like games and stuff, like not clothes. So I would be pulling stuff out and then it might would be midnight before I would go to sleep. Because for me, you know, in times when you got to get things done, well, well, you just put sleep to the back right. burner and then I'm a horrible mother all the way to the vacation because right. exactly. I'm tired because um, it's not on fire in front of us. You got to put yeah. out the fires. Yes. And so I think sleep suffers for yeah. that reason a lot. Absolutely. Yes. And so prioritizing sleep is a big deal. We should aim what is for like seven or eight hours, which everybody knows that you hear the whole eight hours of sleep, but sleep really does do healing and restore and recovery. That's what our body does medically when we do sleep. And so let's talk about the restore bit of this, restore and recover. 
you have non-REM sleep and you have REM sleep. The first half of your night is spent more in non-REM. And then as you get to the second half of the night, you spend more time in REM sleep. And that's why this, you know, really consistent seven, eight hours matters. Because if you think you can replace it with two hours here and then two hours later, that doesn't work. Um, this happen- This is a difficult thing for people who do shift work because they'll only sleep for like four hours and then later they try to get another three, but they never get through the true sleep cycle. And in non-REM and REM sleep, you have a division of your brain recovering and your body recovering. So there are times when I was a resident physician, um, I only lived, I could walk to the hospital. I only lived a short distance and I got lost on my way home. One time I got (laughs) lost walking home um, because I hadn't slept in two days and I couldn't process where I was or my brain had not recovered. And when my son didn't let me sleep for those years, I'm working on forgiving him. That was many years ago. I'm not quite there yet. Um, but when he didn't let me sleep for years, I started stuttering and I love to talk and consider myself a little articulate and I couldn't come up with words and I would stutter. And I was really close to seeing a neurologist friend and it occurred to me, let me sleep for a week. And I said to my husband, you have got to get up with him. And I had three nights of solid sleep and the, everything went away. All my neurologic issues that I had already diagnosed myself with a brain tumor um, (laughs) were absolutely resolved when I started sleeping again. And so that mind recovery is huge. Um, We have people come to us all the time worried that something's wrong or don't be over 60 and getting poor sleep. You start diagnosing yourself with Alzheimer's. Yes. I can't remember anything. You aren't sleeping. You're not going to. And the other thing too, when when you're in that that non-REM sleep, you know, transitioning into REM sleep, um, that is when like growth hormones and the hunger hormones and all of that. So I tell patients and even in Becky's story, um, which we referred to earlier, um, she, I asked her specifically about sleep because if you're not sleeping, it increases your cortisol levels, which makes it very difficult to lose weight. Let's be very clear to everyone who is on a weight loss journey, which is, I think every single (laughs) female on the face of the earth and most males, um, you will not lose weight if you are not having restorative sleep. You mm-hmm. you can't. Your hormones that make you crave carbs, never feel full, and want to eat all the time will be high, and it will uh, never. Your body won't let you sleep. And yeah. we have noticed uh, obstructive sleep apnea, where people stop breathing in their sleep, and this is a pretty common thing, particularly amongst people who are overweight. Um, People with obstructive sleep apnea have obstructive sleep apnea often because they're overweight, but then it makes them gain more weight. And this becomes part of this bad snowballing in the wrong direction. Um, And when we treat people's obstructive sleep apnea, they can do all the same stuff and the pounds start falling off. Mm -hmm. Their diabetes starts reversing because they're not maintaining all those stress hormones. And, And that those hormones, those stress hormones from disrupted sleep, Um, also keep your body from recovering. You mentioned growth hormone, which really allows our muscles and things to heal. You know, sometimes we wake up in the morning, we feel like we're not rested and we're getting out of bed and we feel like we're 110 years old and we're like, Oh, my back, Oh, my legs and everything aches. But all that stuff is supposed to, all the little wear and tear on our body that we do every day is supposed to heal overnight. And it's a big, important part of why we need the rest And if you're not getting good sleep or enough sleep, you're not going to get that recovery. Um, And 
it increases your pain and, and injury feeling, but it also increases the risk of chronic disease. You know, people will go into cardiac arrhythmias. Um, they will have increased risk of heart disease. Your blood pressure can't stay well controlled. You develop diabetes or you can't control your diabetes because you're not getting restorative sleep and all those hormones that are kicking in are screwing everything yeah. up. And that's why people like get up in the middle of the night and then they become hungry because they're not eating, you know, they're waking up and going to get in a sandwich or a little Debbie or something, you know, in the middle of the night because they're waking up and then they're like, hmm, I'm hungry, you know, and then they're not right. getting sleep. So um, the importance of sleep is so huge. We've talked about the rest and recovery. Let's, let's just drill in for those people who are like, forget it. I'll just, I'll just sacrifice my sleep and get it all done. What are the other important things about sleep? Um, well, one of the things with sleep is, and I'm, I have said this a lot, and I've talked to patients about this, about the circadian rhythm, um, which is kind of when your body produces melatonin. People are familiar with melatonin because I think it's actually a supplement. A lot of patients don't know that your body actually produces the normal melatonin. And people are familiar with serotonin because yes. that's what Prozac works on. Yes. But during the day, our brain makes serotonin, which allows us to be happy and functional. The sun comes up. Here comes the serotonin. Time to have have a great day. Yes. Then the sun starts going down and the melatonin starts being produced and you start getting a little tired and it's time to rest and recover. Yeah. So that, so with that, with, I was bringing it, uh, circadian rhythm was because, um, there is a, like you need a cycle of sleep. Like, oh, well tonight I'm going to go to bed at midnight and wake up at six o'clock. And then tomorrow night I'm going to just catch up and sleep from eight, you know, or, or whatever you may be trying to do, like you said earlier to kind of catch up. It is like, you know how little children, you want them to be on a schedule. It's very much the same thing for us as adults. Yes, it, it is. Not, we do not abandon our human body um, because it gets bigger. Yes. And, and I say to people all the time, exactly what you just said, you need to treat yourself like you treated your baby to get them sleeping. Yes. Like um, good you sleep need, habits. Yes. And so one of the things is to go to sleep at the same time every night um, and, and we can train ourselves in so many ways. Um, I, there's times where your lunch break changes and now you eat lunch at 12 o'clock and then a month later, at, you know, it's 12 o'clock because your stomach's growling, yeah. even though you never used to eat at that time. Same thing you can do with your bedtime, but you have to be committed to yes. one and, small little step, one little thing. Yeah. So I'm going to make my bedtime 1030. And I'm going to be committed and I will not fall within X period of time. Maybe it's a half an hour for you or, but it's sometime between 10 and 11, I'm going to make sure that I'm wrapping up and going to bed because you need, your body expects at a certain time. And if you think you can tell yourself to go to bed at 8 PM one day, because that's what your schedule permits. And then the next day you're going to do it at one, you're going to screw yourself up and you keep doing that. And you're going to mess up not only your ability to fall asleep, but your body can't get into that circadian rhythm and it can't do all of that resting, recovering, restoring like it's supposed to during sleep. Yep. Um, one of the um, things that you had mentioned earlier, as far as like chronic disruptions, like things like sleep apnea or even like shift um, pa patients who work shifts. I used to work night shift um, very much like you did when residency, like I would work all night and then go home to my babies. Um, and there is an increase in mortality with that. And so, you know, what do we say to those patients who do uh, shift work? You know, obviously I'd say 
get it on another shift. I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't quit your job. But, um, you know, what would be the things that we would say to someone who has sh- shift sleep disorder, which is a legit thing? Like, how can we tell them to help restore and heal? That's a great question. Um, first, let's apply the rules that we should all be doing. And then let's see how we can apply those to when you take yes. away night. Okay. So um, just like we were saying, what did we do with our babies when we were trying to get them to sleep? There was a set time and a schedule. Now that may not be ideal based on what your work is. At, maybe you can't make it 10.30 p.m., but when you get off of work, you go about your routine and you get yourself to the bed at the same time so that your body can start knowing what to expect. Um, and so set a bedtime, no matter whether that's first thing in the morning when you get off of third shift or whether it's a traditional bedtime. Um, and then have a sleep routine. We call this sleep hygiene. Um, but sleep hygiene is so important. This is what you do before bed. And let me tell you what not to do. It's what we all do. (laughs) I throw on the news where I can hear everything that's going on in the world. Then because I try to stay right with God, I do my prayers where I ask for prayer for every single person who's hurt and suffering. And now I have filled my brain with all the hurt and suffering (laughs) in the world. And then I decide, oh, shoot, I have to finish up that laundry. Let me just run in there real quick and do that. And then... Um, I'm just going to, I'm exhausted. I'm just going to lay down and whatever the temperature is and however much light there is, I'm going to leave the TV on because I'm going to watch this show until I fall asleep. All of that is awful awful, and it's going to set you up for failure. So, you know, for sleep hygiene, you set your bedtime and you have a routine before bedtime that is relaxing, that is putting positive, good thoughts in your brain. There's some great studies that talk about the last things you think about before you fall asleep, stir in your head and become empowered over that time of sleep. And so when I read those studies, I started intentionally thinking about how I'm buying a beach house on the side (laughs) of the cliff in California. Johnny Depp will be my neighbor. And I just picture all the great things. Maybe I'll just have a nice dream about my beach house. (laughs) Um, But uh, I intentionally put in these nice and relaxing thoughts. Create the environment that helps you sleep. Turn the TV off read something or or do meditation. If you're going to do a prayer before sleep, maybe do a prayer of gratitude where you point out what's right in the world. Thank you, God, for these things. Um, I don't let my son do a prayer for other people as he goes to sleep. I have him do gratitude at night so that he's thinking about all nice things as he falls asleep. Um, and, and doing that same routine. If you're, I'm not a person who struggles with sleep, so I can turn it off pretty quick. I turn the TV off. I make sure the temperature's good. I make sure the room's dark. Going to do all those same things. If you're on shift work, you may need to get the blackout curtains or blackout your windows, turn your phone off because no one else respects that you're on night shift and get that temperature right in your room and be cozy in this dark room, TV off. And phones do off. Phones no, off. No check-in. And phone not where you can hear it vibrate and yeah. you wake up half going, I should I should check that. <laughs> um, not all of us have the pleasure. You know, some of us are on call and so we don't always get to turn our phone off. But, you know, it's, I for the first few years that I had the practice, I was on call all the time. Uh, yeah. I remember when 24/7. getting a partner and I was like, when I am not on call, that phone goes in a different room because it makes a difference. Yeah. You know, you're, I don't know that you can fall deepest into sleep when you're expecting an interruption. Yeah. Um, so doing all of those, having that environment. And if you're not a person who just closes their eyes and falls asleep, like we are blessed to be, 
then you need a nighttime routine. So maybe you do your chamomile tea. I want everyone to know alcohol will knock you out, but it will, it will mess up your sleep cycle. Mm -hmm. You will not have normal REM and non-REM and you will not wake up feeling restored. If anyone has ever gone to sleep drunk, they realize the next day they need a three hour nap. Um, I'm not saying this based on experience, but friends have told me. <laughs> um, so if you have this uh, situation of I'm going to have three bottles of wine or even a glass, I would recommend that you try to switch it out to like a chamomile tea. Do a chamomile tea, of course, uncaffeinated and pull out your book or your journal or something that just allows you to exhale, do some deep breathing exercises or do a bath at night, chamomile tea and a warm bath, lavender lotion, put on your um, nice noise machine, put on the aromatherapy with lavender and create this environment that really is welcoming relaxation and then go to bed at your bedtime and, and get your sleep. If you cannot, if you're doing all those things and you can't fall asleep and you're doing the fight with the clock, oh my gosh, it's three o'clock. I only get four more hours. Oh my gosh, it's five o'clock. Um, then see a medical provider because you have to get restorative sleep. Yeah. And if your body won't let you, despite the fact that you're doing good sleep hygiene and you've got a religious bedtime and you're trying to do things right, Sometimes there are things wrong and there are a lot of ways that we can assist you with that. It's time to put your mind in a positive place and end on something good. So here is today's Tell Me Something Good. It's summertime. Time to enjoy the weather, go to the pool, enjoy the family vacation, and not have to make the kids do homework. Time to exhale and enjoy less of a strict schedule. Take time to be present and enjoy your summer. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with us today. And until next time, take care of yourself.